Hey, welcome back to Batting Around. It's Batting Around. It's a baseball podcast. I am your co-host, uh, Jane Austen. With me, as always, is Lauren. I'm Lauren. That's Lauren. And Steven. Yo. <laughs> oh, come on. You are playing it up. Being a drama Sensual. queen. We are. Getting, your, getting your last little bit of, of gay drama in during Pride right here at the tail end of it. This is homophobia. How dare you? <laughs> I'm sick. Steven, Steven has COVID. He once again got COVID uh, from the gays of Toronto. When I had the flu a couple months ago, Jane, you gave me a lot of grief for talking about that on the podcast too. Yeah. I think you just don't want to say, telling anyone on air that we're, you're not giving us health health days. Oh. I won't have any more discussion on this topic. <laughs> we do have a guest here and I'll have to talk about a very, very important topic. Furries. Bailey of Foolish Baseball. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Hello and furries to you all. Furries, furries, <laughs> furries. Yes. furries, furries. Welcome back. Ass. Welcome back. We should say it's the third time on the show. Always great to have you again. Uh, we seem to always catch you at kind of like a monumental time in your life or a like monumental time in baseball, one or the other. I think last time we recorded, you, you were just about to move into uh, your, your new place. The time before that, it was the day after the... Um, uh, uh, the like no no, it was the Giolito no no, yes, yeah. the day after. You won't be talking to Herman though, I, I take it after this perfect game. Well, I mean, if he returns my calls, maybe <laughs> <laughs> no, not your close personal friend, Domingo Herman. I guess we can touch on that briefly. Unlike last week, there is a lot of baseball stuff for us to talk <laughs> about and, and stuff that like happened very freshly. Uh, like in the last 24 hours of as of this recording, we have a Domingo Herman perfect game, only the 24th in MLB history. Of course, it's something incredibly stupid. <laughs> yeah, you you are something of a scholar, I would say, of dumb no hitters. That's correct. I did a, a full video on those uh, just, uh, I guess it was uh, just last year. So yeah, I went through all the great no hitters. The, the no strikeout no hitters. The I threw a no hitter and then I lost no hitters. Those are, and this is uh, this is different. I mean, he was pretty dominant. He had nine strikeouts and obviously it was a perfect game. But it is also one of the dumbest no hitters. You wouldn't play this on like the, you wouldn't place this on the Edwin Jackson side of the scale necessarily. But there's still plenty of oddities to go around. You know, and it's just sort of like uh, it's just like the association. You hear Domingo Herman and you just think domestic violence. You know, and it's just a uh, it's just a huge bummer because I think people like myself really enjoyed that the last person to throw a perfect game was King Felix himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this Herman perfect game, it sort of reveals kind of like the randomness of, you know, there have been so many great pitching performances in the 11 years since and no one's, you know, set down 27 in a row. And, uh, you know, Domingo Herman, who had been awful in his previous starts, uh, throws a perfect game. And I think just, you know, you add on to that, to just insult to injury in Oakland uh, with all that they're going through. So, you know, and the thing is, like, I was ready to move on. Like, if Clark Schmidt or Johnny Brito or, you know, Randy Vasquez or anyone else had done it, I would be the happiest guy on earth. Yeah. I mean, it'd be, it'd be like, this uh -huh. is great. Good for them. Uh, but, yeah, this is just this is kind of uh, it's kind of a bummer. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe the the gap between perfect games uh, won't be 11 more years. Maybe someone will throw one this year and we'll kind of forget about this one. God willing. It's it just it sucks because it's a yeah, like we said, a domestic abuser, a, you know, a known cheater, a guy who's been thrown out 
of games for cheating this season and probably should have been more times even. There's a game against the Twins that I remember watching where he like obviously had stuff on his glove and then he got to go just go take it off. Um, And then I think like Scherzer got ejected a week later for it or for the, you know, they didn't let Scherzer go, uh, go clean off his hand. Yeah. That's a, that league bias against the Mets again. Yeah. <laughs> and it it is significant that it's against Oakland. Like, uh, like I tweeted, or it's like, this is a team purpose built to lose baseball games. But like, I got to imagine that a lot of no hitters and perfect games and stuff are against um, really bad teams. Yeah. You like know, the Pirates have been no hit it. like seven times in the last 10 years or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah. And you yeah. know, I don't think Oakland has the worst lineup in the league necessarily no. either. I mean, if they got Rooker and Noda and Ruiz going, like that's at least some offense. It's not he didn't do it against like a triple A team necessarily. I, they're having not a great season, but I don't think the lineup is necessarily even the weakest part of their team. I don't I don't really have a ton else to say about this <laughs> that hasn't been said a bunch already. Uh couldn't have happened to a shittier guy. Don't care for it. But we can talk about something way more fun now that we get this out of the way. Let's go back to our original topic here. All right. Furries. Furries. (laughs) All right. For anybody that hasn't seen it, Bailey has the definitive videos. I would video and videos about Andrew McCutcheon and the furries and the anthrocon (laughs) shenanigans and and how how like dominant of a player Andrew McCutcheon is while while he is playing in the vicinity of a furry convention. And we got one today. We got another game today. He did go two for four. So he's keeping up, you know, mm-hmm. at least, uh, you know, having like a good pace. No, you know, a double, but no home runs or anything. But still, like, have you have you updated your numbers yet? Are you going to be? I'm uh, going to have to wait until the uh, the end of uh, their weekend series. They face the Brewers, right. I think. So I've got three games against the Brewers this weekend yeah. that overlap with Anthrocon. Um, but yeah, all I know is he had about 1,200 OPS in the furry games coming into this game, and then technically, if you go two, if you go two for four with a single and a double, that's a 1,250 OPS. So he's right where right. Uh, you know you want him to be. Uh, hopefully, a couple <laughs> homers this weekend. Absolutely, smog smog be damned. The smog might be helping. It might be putting a chip on his shoulder. I've got a I've got a joke about that. Uh, just just pretend uh, pretend Jay Leno is delivering this in a monologue. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do the impression, but. Uh, <laughs> So, I can oh, hear Kevin Eubanks here. Yeah, be yeah, go for guitar, it, go for so. it. All right, ready? Yeah, ready, here. everyone? Uh, okay, uh, I... Oh, I heard they uh, postponed the game in Pittsburgh because there's Hayes on the field. Turns out he usually plays third base. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> folks, folks, you hear this one? I was very delighted oh. to learn when looking up Anthrocon that it started... Well, it started in Albany, New York, and then it moved to Valley Forge. And then moved to Philadelphia for several years, which was very funny to me because I had never heard of this, even though I was a high schooler when this was happening in Philadelphia. And I went to an art high school, so you'd think that I'd fucking notice. Um, (laughs) But I didn't. That was a fun little tidbit to learn. And then, yeah, it moved to Pittsburgh and never looked back, which honestly, good for them. They need something out there other than... You know, rivers, mm, a beautiful ballpark, and weird sandwiches. It's furries with... and it's French fries on sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> those fucking I people. Sh- I should point out uh, that a friend of the program, David Roth, is sort of the original scholar of the uh, Andrew McCutcheon furry connection. Uh, he wrote about it 
in uh, Defector maybe a couple years ago. Yeah. And then, so yeah, basically my contribution was uh, A, I sort of uh, brought the stats angle to it by tallying up his numbers that while overlapping uh, with Anthrocon and finding out he's has like a 1200 OPS and like a 400 average in those games. And then also the revelation that he had a uh, guest starred in a Nick Jr. show yes. called Puppy Pals, <laughs> in which he and Mookie Betts uh, were in a baseball themed episode and Mookie Betts played a human baseball player version of himself. <laughs> and Andrew McCutcheon played a cool card playing dog named Kutch. Uh, just sort of revealing his persona. It is incredible <laughs> that. Oh God, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's so good. It's surely beautiful. Because I'm sure they're like, "Do you want to play a baseball player?" Like Mookie Betts is playing a baseball player, and he was just like, "No." <laughs> yeah, or or they approached both of them to be uh to be for, to be like animals, to be anthropomorphic animals, oh. and Betts said no. Yo, he didn't have that dog in him. Yeah. <laughs> No, maybe maybe Kutch is like no. The, the the premise of the show, I think, is that there are no humans in this world. Correct? Like he's maybe familiar with the program. He's probably got some young kids. Maybe he's just like really. Uh, Pittsburgh is is a, 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 an art town in a lot of ways. A lot of good big art programs out there. He probably spent some time around those uh, college kids. Picked up. Uh, you kind of got to run with the conceit of the show that's given to you. I'm noticing that the theme for the 2017 Anthrocon was "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Oh, oh! I wonder if that one was a particularly good year for him. I think that may have been one year where he tweeted the furries. So I don't, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to check oh, out yeah. and see if he actually yeah. overlapped. Yeah, I will. I'll get back to you on that. This year's theme for those curious is Anthropolis, our furry city. Anthropolis. Hmm. Anthropolis. That's cool. Maybe they're splitting off like uh, the X Men onto Krak- Krakatoa. Hell yeah, Lauren. Break it out the break it out the good refs. I think I got it wrong. I can't remember what the X-Men Island is called. I think I Some think it's Krak- Krakoa. Krakoa. Krakatoa, yeah. I think, was that island that exploded. Yes. Yes, yes it yes. definitely was. <laughs> but the furry should not, I'm not saying the furry should set up a civilization that it explodes. That would <laughs> be an anti-furry sentiment that I don't hold. It would be a very it would be a very comic book thing for Krakoa to explode at some point though. So I think it has several times. Yeah. yeah. Magneto, I think, blew it up. I think people blew it up because Magneto was on it. I think it's been an ongoing X-Men theme. Is that the time. one that like Mr. Sinister was on that he trapped everyone on? Uh, I think that's happened a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of his deal. Vikachin also found out today, you know, not only is he Barry Bonds during Anthrocon and uh <laughs> and uh you know has a fursona but uh i've also through looking at twitter learned that he is a uh, mask wearing cuck oh yes. <laughs> yeah that's true yeah yes i love this like evolution of being so against like masks for covid reasons that that like if you wear it for any reasons at all including like smoke particles are in the air yeah like something I'm... that is also extremely verifiable yeah. you're going to run the bases and do cardio you know like yeah. yes yeah. wear the mask he's the only smart one out there i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. yell at the guys who are like tearing down the drywall in my apartment to stop stop being pussies i'm gonna go back in time to the uh people that you know swept up 9-11 cleaned up all that stuff and call them all Cocks and pussies, yeah, yeah. But no, he he had a, a a nice mask. He had the ventilated woman, which is the kind you want for these kinds of dust storms. I think I was seeing uh, parts per million for like two hundred. The the EQI was like two thirty in Pittsburgh. It's like 
that's almost as bad or worse than it was in New York at the peak. It's about yeah. as bad as it's been so far in North America this year outside of, uh, I think, Toronto. Yeah. And and you know what else? He looked really cool with it on. He did. Yeah, he looks, that's a valid He looks factor. like a fucking he looks like a fucking Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I know that like the K95s weren't exactly the definition of cool, but historically the 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 trend of, of masks in general have been much further on the cool side than the uncool side. Yeah, he's kind of riding that Pittsburgh Pirates tradition, you know, started by Dave Parker of, mm-hmm. of wearing a mask. I mean, maybe he should just get the hockey mask to to wear that with the helmet that would be extremely cool yeah or just a giant like fuzzy mascot helmet (laughs) (laughs) there's a couple nearby you could probably pick one up for pretty cheap yeah i'm sure that like a lot of furries there would 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 happily loan (laughs) their fursuit (laughs) helmet head i'm not sure what they call it but yeah i'm sure somebody would i bet it'd provide a good amount of protection too like they're they're just big and puffy Mm. you know i don't know one thing I just was looking back at past Anthrocons and, you know, there was a story from like, I guess it was, I can't remember what year it was, but the 2000s, the Mets had a one game in Pittsburgh where they actually booked the same hotel as the furries and didn't get any <laughs> sleep because the furries were being too loud in the convention center. But I was, I was <laughs> impressed by sort of the build quality of these fursuits has increased exponentially in like say the 10 or 15 years since um, they look they look pretty professional these days, and uh, I, that's got to be, you know, to get a, to get a good one of those, it's probably got to be, uh, you know, like a band or two. Honestly, it's like it's got to be. Oh, at least yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a incredibly expensive, and like I I don't know if, I don't know if it's true, but I'd always heard like maybe it's just a urban legend that like some furry invented a cooling system for their suit oh. that they patented and ended up being <laughs> like uh you know bought by the yeah military. no i heard this the army ended up uh like getting patents for, for for some of their uh like desert combat systems yeah i've no, i've heard that before <laughs> i think that's true yeah no i i always wonder with it uh given like that professionalization of the suits that you mentioned like uh, cosplay has this problem. I know a lot of like kind of inner nerd uh, hobbies have had this convent this problem over the years of people being like, oh, these 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 professional makeup artists and clothes and designers are coming into our community and stealing our thing. I do wonder if the furries have had that a little bit. That kind of like backlash to uh, the 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 fandom breaking wide open. I mean, there's even baseball players who are into it now. It's like it's it's so mainstream. I don't know when I went to a Magic Gathering convention thing at the beginning of may i think it was and they had their cosplay contest they had like they had to have two categories for it like a professional one and an amateur one (laughs) like because it's gotten it's gotten that intense but i mean i know that there are like yeah there are people that make fursuits that are that sell them and they're they are insanely expensive i mean they get i think about like five figures sometimes i think when i remember hearing also when like the ukraine war started like the the world's like best fursuit maker was like trapped in Ukraine <laughs> and couldn't fulfill their orders. Oh, that was just sad. That's, just, That's a problem. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I do love bringing this one. Down. I do love that every baseball, like every niche hobby claims like one baseball player. Like Hunter Pence was the magic guy. Right. Andrew McCutcheon is the furry guy. Sean Doodle is the reads books guy. <laughs> yeah real, real niche hobby <laughs> yes for baseball players kind of yes I mean... no definitely i'm not even kidding <laughs> i would want to like know what like we should just like we should pick some like niche hobbies and and what baseball player feels right for them like i could see like lance lynn could be a, a warhammer 40k guy oh yeah for sure yeah oh, for sure i would love 
to yeah to hang out play play against uh lance lynn or just hang out with them and 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 paint many yeah that'd be great and i think it'd be good for a lot of players to get a hobby like that like i always i've mentioned this on the podcast before i know it for sure but i, I distinctly remember in like 2016 or 2017 a, an interview during a diamondbacks game where someone asked paul goldschmidt what his hobbies were and he said grocery shopping <laughs> <laughs> i mean when you have a weird life like that i can yeah, see how that kind of n- how that kind of happens it would be good for a lot of these guys to get a hobby that's not like probably playing switch like playing super mario or playing switch i'm trying to i'm I'm, I'm sitting here desperately trying to come up with uh a player that would be into larping but my brain is running too slow right now well i think we should force it on some of these guys and like specifically i think like trevor williams needs a hobby yeah Yeah. friend of the podcast hildenberger's got uh f1 that's a good one oh yeah we need like a pc builder baseball player like oh, a baseball player is really be... into building their own pc God, yeah i could see a couple guys being really into mechanical keyboards oh yeah that's a good one i could see like trevor may do it doing that because he like brings his streaming setup around oh with yeah him, or at least yeah, he he's got like to. a mini itx build that he's like lugging around yeah yeah, yeah. a little like nr200 cooler master case or something yeah i think imagine pitchers <laughs> yeah. are so sensitive with their fingertips that like uh, I could see like Zach Granke having really strong opinions on like the L35 versus the R55 <laughs> keyboard uh, clickiness. I, I think I think Granke would also have very strong opinions on like how loud they are too. Not only the tactile mm-hmm. sensations, like on every single aspect of the different keyboard switches. That's part of the appeal of that hobby. I I actually watched a YouTube for the first time. I said about like the competitive like keep like speed typing uh, guys. Ooh. Because uh, someone who's trying to train themselves on one of those two-handed keyboards, where it's like a split in the middle, and you kind of you face your hands inward, and like it's super, apparently yeah, the ergonomic, the ergo- super ergonomic ones that are like yeah, that are really high end and fancy. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize there were like whole like like websites you go to and compete against people in typing speed. That's like my like third grade typing class where it's like you had to Mavis uh, Beacon beat, teaches typing. Yeah, had Mavis Beacon. You had to beat. You had to like beat a rower. Like you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Rowing. But yeah. these are all guys playing each other as adults and like they know each other and they're like, oh, that guy's good. I know that guy. <laughs> there's a there's got to be some sabermetric opportunities here. There's got to be. That. Oh, that guy really struggles with punctuation. He's great at, you know, differentiating <laughs> between, <laughs> you know, uppercase and lowercase. But if there's a semicolon in there, he chokes. Yeah. At his left pinky every time is hitting the, that shift key when he hits like Z, Z or, or, or command every time. It's beautiful. Yeah. The weird shit people will do just to pass time. Oh, yeah. We can have one last final uh, Pride Month update. Oh God! <laughs> uh, just got a got a quick little hit. It's a good one this time, though. The uh, uh, the the podcast new favorite team, I think, the Baltimore Orioles. We've become a very uh, pro Orioles podcast, extremely pro Orioles uh, over the last couple of years, and uh, they actually <laughs> had like good Pride shit going on there. Uh, their Twitter account, the at Orioles account, which is like. I think one of the better, one of the better yeah. ones for sure overall. They didn't hire yeah. me when I applied to do that job, so I can't. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Uh, but they were unapologetically sharing pride stuff last last night, including, uh, you know, statistics yeah. on, uh, you know, the the challenges that queer youth face, especially, uh, which was just great. I, like I, I was like I was like genuinely really really happy about yeah. that i've seen teams do that a few times where they'll just like in lieu of normal coverage tonight we're going to talk about an issue and yeah. i think that's the best way that you could do pride night online because like 
nobody fucking nobody fucking follows the team account for score updates right just fucking post whatever like it's so it's so like i guess it's funny because you know when the mets are tweeting like final 17 to 2 and it's just like Mm -hmm. you didn't need to tweet that bud we know yeah (laughs) but but it is it is funny for for opponents to retweet that and then kind of do the nelson montaha thing but like it's not necessary yeah i think that there is just kind of an understanding that like you know we all have to tweet that to give because you know we because our fan base likes to do it to other people too yeah so even when we lose we have to also you know do do our part yeah. here and I, I do enjoy this is the first time the orioles got to do that uh the the live tweeting of, of the, the facts uh without anyone being able to go in their comments and being like shouldn't you guys be good before you do this kind of thing <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah you'd be focusing on winning games <laughs> no i mean there were people doing that uh that i that i noticed but like I don't know. Were the responses to them just like pictures of the standings? Yeah, the response is scoreboard. The response is scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, the the team that is in second place in the hardest division in baseball, one of the hardest divisions probably in all of, you know, the major four sports. Like, I don't, yeah, you can't really bust their chops too much on that one, but it's the only, it's the one note they know how to hit. You know, just keep politics out of this and uh, focus on baseball instead. They don't really pay enough attention to be like, hey, you should sign someone uh, to a more than one year deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They made the score updates woke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do we have anything else we want to uh, really want to hit on here? I wish. I... I, I would like to get your general feelings about some of these teams that are overperforming so far into the season. Uh, we've talked, I think, the last time we were on here about the Reds this time last year. I th- we were recording earlier in the season last year, and I think we had said that the Reds and, and Cleveland are both teams that um, were, were better on paper than they were so far into that into the season, I believe. And mm-hmm. they are both in top of the central divisions now. I was curious just to see if you think uh, them in the range. I think if you think those are sustainable, um, how you feel about. Um, than the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I feel good about the Rangers in particular. I, I just, the the lineup just top to bottom is so deep right now. They have guys like Ezekiel Duran and Leody Tavares just absolutely killing it. Seager, you know, missed like 30 games there and he still looks like he's playing at like MVP candidate level. Like he's been absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Simeon plays every single day and he's really good. They just have like, an excellent lineup right now. They have the best run differential in major league baseball right now. And with how, you know, Houston's looking and, uh, you know, Seattle and the angels, like I, I feel like they've got a really good shot to just outright win that division. And I, that would be, I think a lot of uh, fun to see. Unfortunately, they are the straightest team in uh, major league baseball. (laughs) The only one without pretty much the only one without a pride (laughs) night. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the team on the field is, uh, excellent Cincinnati. They kind of benefit, and like all the central teams do from uh you know, they play in a crappier division. Uh yeah, so it's like I mean, Cleveland just took over the central right uh yesterday with but and like I don't know, the I as someone who watches a lot of AL Central stuff, it just feels like everybody in that division is like playing blackjack where they're like trying to hit five hundred without going over. Yeah. Uh and anytime <laughs> they do, they immediately lose to go back under five hundred. It's yeah, not a not fun. <laughs> yeah, Cleveland, Cincinnati, they're they're not as good, but this just the idea is, you know, why not? I mean, why not when win that mm-hmm. division by winning 84 games this year or something like that? 
Um, but yeah, and then uh, I guess I don't know. I, we could hit on Arizona too. Like they're they look like a lot of fun. But my yeah, uh, Carmen Carroll seems like pretty legit. Yeah, he does. Uh, my my nightmare scenario though is that I. I have suspected all year that the Dodgers are going to win the World Series because this is the one, <laughs> this is the team that no one would suspect because yeah. they are flawed because they are not as good as they've been in past years. No pressure on them. They just like might just go out and do it. Yeah, they only really have to get to that third wild card for, for Freddie Freeman to do like Freddie Freeman playoff stuff. Uh, yeah, no, 100% possible. Uh, now I would that you said it, I would say go so far as almost likely. Yeah, and then they'll get Otani, you know, and then we'll just hate him <laughs> all over again. Oh, God. Ooh. Oh, that was a funny thing this week is all these rumors came about Otani to the Dodgers as if that hasn't been like the most obvious possible destination for the past like four or five years now. Is it like noise about a trade? No, I don't think there's any noise about a trading so long as they're over 500 uh, by a pretty good amount. But there's a lot of people saying in uh, I think there are rumors that someone at his camp had said in the offseason that he was uh, uh, very because nothing, nothing definitive, but he, that he likes the Dodgers or something like that. Well, who, who doesn't like the Dodgers? Beautiful park. It's a easy, easy drive into L.A. for him. Unfortunately, the Dodgers have gone woke. The Dodgers have gone woke. <laughs> They've had their Bud Light moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what else? Wokeness might kill as well. The Las Vegas Stadium deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, I like this the story about the Nevada's teachers union is starting a schools over stadiums pack to prioritize education for corporate tax giveaways. It's their quote. This rules. I love this. Like, so you're telling me there's a chance. That's been a, a, you know, a narrative. If you're paying attention really granularly to this stuff that like Nevada's got really shitty funding for schools and they have real problems with their public schools. So like, this is, this is great. This is really, really good. Love this teachers once again yeah <laughs> doing doing the necessary work i i, I would be very afraid uh, if uh, to put a major league team in a city with really bad public schools because then where are you going to get the next generation of of stat nerds from nowhere mm. <laughs> if you're not if you're not cultivating the homegrown your, your organization is just doomed from the start mm-hmm. well the 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 goal i think for vegas is to just fucking draw people in from el- elsewhere and uh, just keep keep growing the city more and more and more and more over time. Endless growth. And Endless hope, growth. And just hope sixty percent of the country doesn't uh, keep being over one hundred and ten degrees in June every year. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty bad down there in Atlanta right now too. I bet. Oh yeah, it. I have the vapors. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful seventy five degrees in DC right now. I have no idea we're the only city in the country that's actually pleasant out. Go figure. It is 24 degrees Celsius here. Don't know what that means. <laughs> Don't, Don't care. care. Don't need to know. We fought a war. Yep. We fought a war. None of my business <laughs> what that means. Uh, do you want to go to Mailbag? We got some good yeah. questions here. Oh, yeah. Okay. This one is from at listener Ryan on Twitter. Uh, what is the best down the rabbit hole style player metric I should try to explain mm. to my friends for PowerPoint night? Uh, anyone unfamiliar with the concept of uh, concept of PowerPoint night? It is a uh, way that nerds have little parties where they all present a PowerPoint on a topic. Very that, fun. Uh, an, yeah. uh, an offbeat topic that is very, very near and dear to them. My friends and I did that during the lockdown phase of the pandemic, uh, and it was a lot of fun. My friend did a whole presentation on on Gladio. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> did a slideshow on which Pokemon were allowed to say faggot. Oh, cool. That one went over well. 
My friend Raft once did a really great one about the movie A Star is Born starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga <laughs> and about how it must take place in an alternate universe where 9-11 didn't happen. The last one I did was 9-11 related too. Mine was about how um, uh, Randy Johnson saved America uh, from <laughs> after 9-11. Yep, yep. Very good. Very good. Uh, so what is, so Ryan's looking for a really down the rabbit hole stat. And Bailey, you are somebody that has invented kind of rabbit hole stats in the past with your uh, good piece of pitching, good piece of hitting thing. I think so. I think, you know, you, you were, you're an expert here. What do you think? You know, I would I would look into the Fangraphs weather splits. That was something they added uh, uh, maybe about a year ago. Like who, you know, we were just talking about who's who's tearing it up when it's ninety degrees or hotter. Who's you know who's who's pitching a great game in the rain. You know, yeah. I feel like I could get you know I can be like a total sicko on like any sort of stat, but I think maybe in terms of like for a PowerPoint night where not everyone's going to be a baseball sicko, like. You could you could look into the weather splits for sure. You know, there there there's there are a few snow games every year. You know, uh I know Miguel Cabrera's mm-hmm. got really good numbers in the snow games, the few he's played in Detroit. So, you know, they, you got some options there. That's gonna be a uh an increasingly popular and in demand uh stat to measure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially that over 90 degrees part. I also do always think of the stat that it still vexes me to this day, which is the one Tom yeah. Tango pointed out in, uh, I think, 2019 or so, which is uh, the fact that pitch framing should be park adjusted. Mm. A um, deeply disturbing fact that there are park factors for pitch framing. And we don't know why. What? Huh. Yeah, because it's not like, you know, because umps travel around. So it's not like, you know, each each stadium has its own right. crew yeah. or anything. But I mean, so, I like, see cores yeah. like less movement on some pitches but otherwise i'm surprised that it's like not just a cores no cores thing you know that that's what like logically made sense to me and cores is a big out, uh, outlier in there but so sun trust park um i'd maybe look into what's what stadiums have bars popular with umpires near them oh there you <laughs> like, go you, you, you know the umpire gets the out job. of the game yeah. They go out, yeah they go drinking the night before the night before and then the next time they're then they're just getting tricked by by framing yeah left and maybe right. like figure oh. out like what what the what park has the closest golf course and try to figure out which Ooh. games they're trying to get through a little quicker so they can make their tea time <laughs> during day games so, yeah sorry i'm stuck i'm stuck on the concept of an umpire bar. <laughs> well, they they all definitely have their like favorite spots they go to, and around every <laughs> I mean, stadium there bars. are yeah yeah, and there are bars that like the owner there is just like oh I'll I'll you know buy a round for umps or something like that that definitely does happen. I'm picturing like a that. like a prohibition era like speakeasy in like a back alley, <laughs> and it's just only umpires. What's the what's the like the door opens up? What's the password? <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. okay let's do next question here this one's from david hannah on our discord need bailey's input on best rangers member of the good hair club jankowski josh smith or jonah heim in parentheses even after cutting his hair i'm gonna say i'm gonna say jankowski i think he's just he's a classic sort of flow guy like Mm -hmm. you know good could you know could it's good hockey hair even if he you know if he wanted to play some nhl he could do that with his hairstyle so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say jankowski i don't want to necessarily make the mistake of saying like bigger is better when it comes to being a hair guy you know you can have it like medium length or short and still have like a nice head of hair but uh just in terms of just pure mass and length uh jankowski's uh tough to tough to beat 
he's got he that also, going without being a wet guy too. Which I was going to say he takes care oh, of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he, there's product. There's not necessarily product in there, but he's he's just treating it well in between games. He's not letting it get turn into a swampy mess. Yeah. When I look at this, I'm like, yeah, this man blow dries. He's using the salt spray to get those beachy waves. Like, yeah, definitely. He's 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 taking care of it for sure. All right, at falling buttress on Twitter. How many first place MVP votes does Arise get if he actually hits 400 on the season? Well, that could be like the only thing that like stops Otani from Otani from being unanimous. Well, they're oh, they're different, different leagues. leagues, right? He's yeah. not on the Twins anymore. Duh. No, he sure he sure isn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. talking about after Otani gets traded to the Dodgers. God damn it! Oh right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A 400 batting average. Even you know bereft of much power. No, I'm with him. If you hit 400, you should win him. If you, if you, if you, yeah, I'm kind of with that too. <laughs> the tricky thing with him, he, I mean, he could hit 400 and he could have like a 160 OPS plus or something like that, mm-hmm. and be in the range of guys like Acuna and Carroll. And then you could have a scenario, or maybe he hits like you know 380 or something like that and does that. And you could have a scenario where. uh he doesn't win and people are complaining because it's like, oh, they don't respect batting average anymore. They don't respect that he hit 380 or 390 or 400 or whatever. When the real truth is like they don't respect that he's not a threat on the base paths and mm-hmm. uh, not perceived as like a particularly valuable defender uh, the same way someone like Corbin Carroll would be. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of I feel like the batting average could almost like the batting average debate could almost obfuscate the fact that he is most of his like value is just derived purely from his offense. And it's not even like he's like a awesome defender or base stealer, like someone like Tony Gwynn is, you know? Right. Not quite as rounded a player. Yeah. But that that said, if he hits 400, I hope he's unanimous. Even if there are players with a higher war, you know, I think that that's right. pretty unique, uh, pretty unique thing to see happen. Another one here, Nick, what accounts for the drastic differences some players have in their defensive, defensive metrics. For example, Esri Ruiz has a negative 16 DRS and plus two OAA. Do some metrics value some skills over others? Does it vary by position or are there other factors? In parentheses here, uh, everything I know about defensive metrics comes from Bailey's Andrelton Simmons video. (laughs) Well, so not a lot of people realize this, but every night Rob Manfred turns on the TV and he's the one assigning those grades. So he'll just watch (laughs) and he'll watch like big inning. And so oh, good scoop, if, he, if he, you know, and the problem is with a guy like Reese is they're on, you know, they're playing late on the West Coast. So if he falls asleep mm-hmm. and he misses mm-hmm. a good Reese catch, you know, then the metrics are going to be all screwed up because StatCast is going to do its thing there. But also the Rob Manfred grading system is going to be in trouble, you know, if he falls asleep with, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, Cheetos on his shirt. <laughs> yeah, just immediately takes all those. Yeah, no, I, I get it. You know, those games start Oakland games start pretty late. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not making it to 1130. All right. And then I have one more question here from the villain Richard Staff. FMK mustache edition, Saddam, Nick Mullen, Spencer Strider. <laughs> I'm very mad that Richard Staff is making us talk about Nick Mullen at all here. <laughs> Who's Nick Mullen? Oh, you, you beautiful, guy. innocent me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do I, is he the one I kill? Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, it w- while we're talking, we can go back to esoteric hobbies assigned to each player. Sam Spencer Strider does seem like a guy who probably has listened to Come Town. I yeah, I could see that. He's <laughs> he's like a he's like a red scare pitcher. Uh, 
red scare style picture. Yeah. Because he's vegan. He's one of Amy Teresa's friends. Oh, I forgot he's vegan. I don't want to. We can't. We can't. We can't put that on too. We're not. We're not slandering a lot of very, not... a lot of very reasonable people listen to Come Town. At least I, I, my dirtbag friends do, and they're mostly okay guys. I googled Nick Mullen. I don't know anything about him. I'd fuck him, but like for a night, I'd obviously marry Spencer Schreider because he is confirmed cool and mm-hmm. attractive, and I would like to sleep in a bed with him for the rest of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I would very much enjoy being a baseball wife that roots actively roots against their spouse's team that's fun um, yeah and i kill saddam because he's already dead and then i'm i'm a pussy Pretty easy yeah and i'm copping out yeah i think it would if you you would look at one of those like split uniforms that they get where it's like atlanta on one side philly on the other Absolutely not. Uh, one of those abominations. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're yeah, gonna yeah. have one of those like a house divided type things, <laughs> like a flag hanging from. <laughs> it's not guaranteed that he'll be on that team for the rest of his life. You know, no, they're terrible at signing players to way under market contracts for years and years. <laughs> ah, fuck! <laughs> God damn it! They hate doing that. They're so bad at it. Yeah. Uh, we do have one more question. Actually, sorry, I missed this one. Millennial Falcon. Which food or foods do you think you enjoy more than the average person? Mm. Put another way, what's the weirdest food you could reasonably consider one of your favorite foods? What so what food we enjoy more than the average person? Yeah, what are you like really into? Or so park adjusting it. Yeah. I guess start so. yeah. food food plus. Park adjusting yeah. food takes. I'll give okay, I'll start with one that like it's not even something I very much like, but a lot of people seem to hate it way more than I do. I actually kind of like them. Uh, Tootsie Rolls. Ooh. I think oh, that they're yeah. actually kind of good. No, they're and they're fun to like put in your mouth like it's chew or something. Uh, I like those, but the I taste... constantly see people shit on them all the time. The taste is fine, but the mouth feels awful. I think black licorice is kind of... Uh, I think people are into black licorice mm. are really into it, in part because some people are disgusted by it. It's part of being like, you get to be a sicko about it. So I don't know if that's a good mm. pick. Uh, I'll do green bell peppers. I only really cook with green oh, bell yes. peppers. A lot of people hate green bell peppers for some reason. I think they're great. That's weird. They're I think they're great. No, if you, that's what I use more than yeah, more yeah, than yeah. That's the, other the proper sure. Cajun bell pepper to use. But a lot of people will just be like, no, they're disgusting. You got to get the orange or the yellow or red ones, and like those don't taste as good. Those aren't, those aren't right. Those aren't correct. Yeah. And like, uh, like a raw one, you know, and like a little vegetable like platter, crispy, thing, crunchy snack, you know, like snack. Yeah, it's great. They're great. My weird food thing that people are disgusted by that I, I don't know that it's like a dish. It's not a dish. It's just the thing. I really like eating whole lemon wedges, like rind and all. Mm, okay. and I couldn't do that, but I've, I get it. I've done that at a diner with people and like they had like they like visibly recoiled and I'm like, nah, it's just <laughs> like a it's like a really like I don't know, it's a it makes your mouth feel fresh. I think being from Philadelphia, there was an opportunity here for you to pick something that's like relatively benign. Uh, again, with, uh, adjusting for the fact that you're in Philadelphia, yeah, like just a really a, weird, a really crisp and clean, like small, like light uh, meal of some kind, like chicken breast with like a lemon, like a, a squeeze of lemon on it over <laughs> over orzo, and all of your hoagie mouth friends are just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> it's no rotisserie chicken. All right, right. Bailey, do you have one? I'll say 
Like I like a tomato, like I'll sometimes I'll eat a tomato like an apple. And that not rarely, but every now and then I'll be like, mm, just a good looking tomato there. Oh, we're getting yeah, into peak tomato season too. Yeah, for sure. I like uh I'm gonna say my food that I uh I don't know how weird it's perceived to be. That's like a pretty common thing to eat around here, but uh during the summer a nice uh tomato sandwich with mm -hmm. a little bit of cottage cheese. Ooh, uh yeah. very classic combo. Uh I and uh, excellent on a hot summer's day. They should serve that at the ballpark, honestly. That would be a good ballpark food. Oh, absolutely. A lot of the parks do like a, like an agricultural thing now where they have like a little garden on the roof or something. They should... That's probably what... Oh, well, they should 100% be doing like a like a fresh, like uh, open-faced tomato sandwich, a little salt, a little pepper, a little mayo right. on the bread. Perfection. In most parks, you can bring in food if you want. Yeah. That would be an easy one to like bring in yourself in like a little cooler and assemble. I always forget yeah. that and I saw people at a game like a month or so ago with just like a fucking huge ass dinner come like from Tupperware and I'm like what the fuck you yeah they're usually like season ticket holders I think I think that's yeah. the, the, that's who I've always associated with is the guys I knew who like my my aunt's pack, ticket package the guy that they sat with would sit next to always had like the aluminum foil wrap sandwiches because that is how you save money over those tickets those seasons is not buying the concessions bringing your own but no I, I think um sure. uh um the tomato sandwich is a perfect answer. We're we're uh, about a month away from absolute peak tomato season. There's one upside of, of global warming is we're just going to get longer tomato seasons out of it, which is very nice. I'm curious, uh, the the Atlanta connection. Are you a lemon pepper guy? Lemon pepper wings? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm all over that. Yeah, they're great. That I I Love would say they're objectively pepper. better than buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah but the, they're so different too. Like, I feel like I could eat way more lemon pepper wings than I could buffalo wings because after a while it's just mm -hmm. you just get sick of like it's just so like heavy almost but, like lemon pepper wings you can just snack on there's, them all day it's the butter it's the cayenne the butter yeah. and like the vinegar and there's so much of it sometimes I don't think yeah. I've ever had that yeah. they don't have that they, that <laughs> hasn't reached you yet Wawa will do like a lemon pepper uh hoagie in a couple years and you'll, yeah that'll you'll catch it, on yeah, that it shoots <laughs> Why are you all bullying me at my at my at my sickest? When you're sick, when you have COVID, yeah, we're terrible people. <laughs> because you are at your weakest specifically is why we're doing it. We we have we smell the blood in the water and uh and, and we're sharks. Every NLA seem to have their own kind of chicken wing. We'll do like a mumbo sauce Ooh. thing for the Nats. We'll do lemon pepper for Atlanta. We'll just give the Mets buffalo whatever close enough. Then we just have to figure something out for Philadelphia. And uh, my, Miami's got to have a wing of some kind. Gotta. Oh, some like yeah. Mojo saw, like Mojo marinated wing or something. <laughs> All right. Well, there's chicken wing talk. <laughs> and that, I think, is going to be our episode for the week. Uh, Bailey, thank you for coming on. Uh, you have a new video out, don't you? Promote your shit. Yeah. Chat yeah. innings eater. I watched it last night. Yes. I watched it today. It was great. Uh, a celebration of uh, just a guy who goes out there pitches five or six innings allows four or five runs and just keeps the team in it that's that's really what you can look forward to <laughs> when i was watching it i turned into the minnesota mentioned meme when carl pavano came <laughs> up. oh yes uh, yeah <laughs> uh really good stuff uh bailey thank you so much for coming on and everybody we have a watch along uh if you're going to be hearing this on friday june 30th and tonight for our Patreon members only. Uh, we're gonna be watching uh watching a game together. Uh, let me check the Patreon yeah, poll it's probably, right now. It's worth keeping in mind that it's it, for most of the country, it'll be dangerous to go outside. So stay indoors. <laughs> yes. Put on the game. Yeah. Watch it with us. So just yeah, go go give us five bucks a month, 
And uh, yeah, and you can you can watch that. Let me check out live update. Ooh, it looks like it's gonna be Astros Rangers. God oh, okay. damn it, people. Okay, that's fine. I'll deal with that. <laughs> well, like you at least get to see the see see this. We get fun to see Rangers the team <laughs> or the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get to see the Rangers, so that's fun. Uh, but also, you're going to want to sign up for that, and then you're also going to want to stay so- signed up because we have a lot of fun bonus episodes coming up, especially the one the uh, right after the 4th of July. We're going to have a, have a really, really fun one. So uh, stay tuned for that. Patreon.com slash batting around. Thanks. Bye. Bye.